Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny. I'm your host. I'm here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello. And, of course, we want to wish you all, again, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year this coming weekend. And, of course, a Happy Holidays to any other various beliefs of any sort. Whatever other holidays are still going on. Right. But... Of course, we want to thank you all for being patient with us. Like I said, normally we record on Sundays, so we didn't record on Christmas Day. And we are undecided on the upcoming New Year's. Yeah. We don't know exactly if we're going to be uh, recording this Sunday and having an episode next Tuesday. We haven't decided yet. Yeah. So I guess just sit back and see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But, of course, we want to thank our, all of our wonderful sponsors, including Gem TCG, who I think if you go on and check their website, they are restocking some items that they have in stock. Awesome. Some stuff that they ordered a little bit extra of when they placed all their orders, and they are going to have a little bit of overstock on their website soon. So be sure to check out Gem TCG, and you can also find some of that on their app, the Gem Accessories app. Of course, thank you to ETB Games as well as Millennium Threads. And of course, if you want to support the channel at no extra cost to yourself, you can check out our TCG Player and Dragon Shield affiliate links down below. Now, of course, we have to thank all of our wonderful patrons who help make this program possible. So, mm-hmm. a huge thank you to Cam Yang, Dragon Maid Stunzeed, Kane Martin, Zyphorus, Yeet Defeat, Blackwing, Silverwind the Ascendant is the best floodgate, Earth Machine best deck, Epi, Flipping the Table is a floodgate. <coughs> You're not wrong. Has anyone actually read Toy Vendor? HGH Cyber, I am not a man, I am not a god, I am Little Little Lee. I am McLincoln, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Quitting the Game is a Floodgate, Sprite Farter, Unbanned Thunder Dragon Colossus, Konami, you cowards, Unbanned number 95, Konami, Understanding and Reading are two different things, Virtually Savior's World, Rogue and Tier 2 are the polite terms for bad deck, AD, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Bestial Pizza Hut, Cyberdank Puffer Dragon, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Udlich, the Lord of Floodgates and Monkey Brains, 
Fur Hire, Dog Turd, Heroes, Pebble Cereal, Jerry Beans, Man, Cam, the Disciple of Caleb's Waifu Philosophy, King Henry, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Ray Powell, and Santa Claus. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And if you want to get that extra episode every week where we are now, we're no longer doing the series that we were doing. We have swapped over. Um, I think the first episode we talked about the Pokemon competitive video game scene. Yeah. Um, which still confuses and baffles me. And we talked about some Switch games in the most recent episode. And I think next episode we might talk about some anime. But that's to be determined. Because I've watched some anime, but I'm a little bit out of my depth in a lot of it. Bruh. Yeah, I know. You've watched all of it. Not all of it. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, if you're interested in that, be sure to check out the link down below to our Patreon. Now, the last thing I'm going to ask you to do before we get on into the episode is, if you're on Spotify or iTunes listening to the podcast, listen, we want you to know we love you too. But, if you want a little bit of a different listening experience, be sure to check out our YouTube. And listen, you know, if you don't really want to watch on YouTube, but you still want to support us please be sure to think about clicking that subscribe button. It the, the YouTube channel has been growing and we love that. But, you know, we want it to be the best that it can be. We've put a lot of time and effort into putting out not just podcast episodes, but we are starting to put, trickle out some other videos. We mm-hmm. recently did a review of the Gemtech Jaguar backpack, which mm-hmm. I own. And I think that it's good to have a bit of a variety on the youtube channel so if you're interested in some different videos from us be sure to check those out also watch them a lot because our editor puts a lot of work into those and yes, it would be he does. awesome to vindicate or validate that or whatever the word is is vindicate a good word for that vindicate i, I think vindicate and validate are both equally fine in that situation uh no vindicate is not the right word but regardless, it I would like to I would like the view counts to be high on YouTube to um, it make big number better, bigger number better person. <laughs> and it make me happy. So anyway. So we do have some new cards to talk about today. We have some more set spoilers for Cyberstorm Access. I think mm-hmm. there, I think all of these cards are actually Cyberstorm Access. They should be. Ooh, I, I know. Me. Yeah, they are. I know that the, I know that the Discord server was in a bit of a of a of a hoopla, a bit of an uproar. Hoopla! I feel like that's a cry for a Pokemon. No, it's not. Oh, you just said it? Or no, is it from it's, something? It's from something. An anime. No. Pokemon or an anime are my only two guesses that I would put out there for you, so I don't know. It's from SpongeBob. What? It's from SpongeBob. What episode? Uh, so it's the episode where it was like the training video for the Krusty Krab where it was talking about how you make Krabby Patties. And he was like, man, Krabby Patties sound great. Sounds like a whole lot of hoopla to me. It's a little, little dude on the side going, hoopla! I do not remember this episode. Sounds at like a all. lot of hoopla! I don't remember it at all. Well, you'll have to look, you'll have to look up the scene. It's <laughs> later. It's amazing. Hoopla! Hoopla! And he like throws a shoe at him. Yeah. Well, the sounds like a lot of hoopla to me. <laughs> 
the the Discord server was in a bit of an uproar over normally the sets follow this like really specific pattern on the numbering but the way that these cards are numbered is a little bit different from the usual patterns so mm -hmm. i guess we'll see kind of how this comes to fruition but yeah we also have some new product specifications for the ocg's duelist nexus Ooh, interesting Right, so for those of you that don't remember or maybe missed it when we mentioned it in the last episode or the episode before whenever we talked about it, Duelist Nexus is the first set of the new generation. So you have the, like we mentioned, the 5Ds era began with Duelist Genesis. Yeah. Then it was not Photon Shockwave, it was... Oh gosh! It was the one with the number with uh, Leviathan Dragon on on the front. Yeah, Leviathan Dragon. Oh, Duel Generation Force. Yeah, Generation Force. There it is. And then, of course, Duelist Alliance is Pendulum, and then you get into Lynx, which yeah. might be Codebreaker. Maybe that was the name of the starter deck. Uh, I think that was the name of the starter deck. I don't remember. And then, of course, you had the newest generation, Master Rule 5, I think it is, which had a new Master Rule, mm -hmm. but no new summoning mechanics. Correct. And this time, we haven't gotten any new summoning mechanics, but we do have a new... They are announcing the next start of whatever. Yeah. We don't know if this is like a core set. We don't know. No, it's a core set. Oh, okay. This is the first core set. Of the new generation, though. Okay. We have that confirmed. Okay. I mean, but then I'm like, okay, how is it? How is this going to differ from other product? How is this going to differ from Yu-Gi-Oh cards in the past? Well, they besides have... the numbering. Besides what? Besides the numbering. No, no, no. The, the numbering is for Cyberstorm Access, oh, which okay. is the last set of the of this generation. Okay. So, this set is. So it says it's the first core booster of the OCG's first uh, of the OCG's fiscal year 2023. Okay. And they're replacing the prismatic secret rare with the quarter century secret rare. Oh, okay. which we talked about. Yeah. And starting in this set, they're putting more ultras and supers. Oh. Right. So here they're going to have 9 ultras, 11 supers, 19 rares and 41 commons. And ultra rares can also come in ultimate rare in this. Now, the OCG never really got rid of ultimate rares like we did, yeah. I don't think. No, they didn't. They kept going. But I think that the big thing to think about here is that in the OCG, changes generally translate to here. Now, it won't be exact one for one changes, but... We'll see something similar. Right. And I think that the thing that you really need to think about the most is there's another thing that changes each new generation that most people overlook. It started with the Lost Millennium. They changed up all of the ultra and um, super and secret rare ratios. Yeah. And they've changed it every generation since just about. So, for example, right now... We have 10 secret rares per set. But say in the era that we played in the most, which was the XYZ era. So from Generation Force to Duelist Alliance, 
I think it was only eight secret rares per set. And at one point they had 12. Yeah, there's like I think there was like one set that had 12. Yeah, so... For but whatever reason. Generally, though, once they choose this ratio, they stick with it throughout an entire era. Another thing that we were very used to was there was 10 ultra rares per set and 10 ultimate rares per set. Yeah, the ultras and ultimates were the same cards. It was just... Generally. It was just a chance that one of your ultras was an ultimate instead. But during the Duelist Alliance era, Caleb, you might not know this because we got out the game before this happened. Mm -hmm. In the Duelist Alliance era, there was 10 ultras per set, but only five ultimate rares. Oh. So they chose a few of the ultras to and be ultimates. To be ultimates. Yeah. That's how Shadal Construct got an ultimate rare. Okay, fair enough. Right, because there was there only half of them. So I I don't know quite what the TCG is going to change once we get to Duelist Nexus, but I'm sure we'll find out around August of next year yeah. when we have a full set spoiler and confirmed rarities. Now, the thing that I'm most interested to see is duelists really love ultimate rares mm -hmm. and i understand that we haven't had them in core sets in quite some time yeah they've pretty much been mitigated to what the ots packs and that's it uh i mean i think there's been one or two products that had them but i'm probably misremembering not recently yeah now in the past, there was, I want to say, um, a tin or a starter deck that came with one. with, Because I, I know that there was a, there, there a Dark Magician and a Blue Eyes that was Ultimate Rare yeah. and starter decks. Those were guaranteed. And then there was a tin, I think, that had number... 21 Giga Brilliant or whatever yeah. Giga Brilliant oh, yeah, no, no, is it, and Gaga Ga Magician. Yeah, I actually still have that 10 in my house. Is it? Is it the 10? It's a 10, yeah. It was a Yusei 10 where it had like Junk Archer on the front. Junk Archer? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you couldn't get Junk Archer out of it. They had Junk Archer on the, on the, on the 10. No way. Yeah. I remember complaining about it too when I got the 10. That's a crazy concept to me. It doesn't even show when I search Junk Archer 10. Uh, look up. Uh, no, no, no. I miss. No, no, it didn't have. No, that wasn't the 10 with the Junk Archer on it where you couldn't get Junk Archer out of the 10. That was a different 10. That was a Yusei 10. Well, this is a Yusei 10. The one with the Gaga Ga? Well, no. I, I mean, it's just showing that there is a USA 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah, doesn't yeah. have Junk Archer. Well, yeah, no, because there was a, there was one a USA 10 that had Junk Archer on it, and you couldn't get Junk Archer out of it. But no, I do in fact still have the 10 at home, where they had the Gaga -ga Magician in it, because I read the back and it said Giga Brilliant and Gaga -ga Magician. Okay, 2013 Zexel Collection 10. Which had... Oh, it was the green Zexel one. Yeah. Yeah, Zexel Collection. Yeah, like I said, I still have it at the house. It, didn't ha it has the main character of X of the... Uh... You, uh, Yuma? Yeah, yeah, it is Yuma. It actually is Yuma. No? Yeah, it's Yuma. 
Yeah, yeah, it's Yuma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cause it came with Gaga Magician, Gaga Bolt, and number twenty Giga Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, I got it for the Giga Brilliant. Yeah, because at the time Giga Brilliant was still like a played card. Hmm? It was, it was, it was deep. Not great, but it was decent. I mean, at one time it was a great card, but it, that was before Xyz monsters had all the utility that yeah. they really came to at the by the end of the era. I mean, your own at the time your only other rank three options were number was uh, number twenty five Leviathan Dragon, Tim Tempo, Tim Tempo, Levier, and Levier, depending on the deck. Yeah, that was it. And Zen Mains, and yeah, and Zen uh, Zen Mines, right? Which sounds like that like quite a few options but it's really not now giga it's, brilliant was mainly used at the start in wind up and insector decks because they would make him so like because they could because those because wind ups could like loop him could loop make him and then just let them sit there until the end of their putting stuff on board and then detach and give them all a boost Right, so Insectors could essentially do the same thing, where they kind of flooded the field a little bit quicker, and there was an OTK that you needed Giga Brilliant to do. Because you needed that extra power, because it because And it, it made it 8,100. Yeah, because it boosts everything, not just himself. Right, and because of Hornet, you could like blow up a lot of stuff on your opponent's field. Opening them, opening them up. For... Right, and then the Giga Brilliant would be the last push for game. I, I don't know why I just remember that so vividly. Probably because Justin got us with it so many times. Yeah, yeah, and we couldn't stop him. Yeah, but I, I am interested to see if Duelist Nexus kind of changes the ratios that we have here in the TCG. Yeah, because... Surely it does. I don't mind 10 ultra rares per set, and I don't mind there being like 16 supers or whatever it is. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing them cut back just a little, maybe eight ultras, but I think eight should be the number for secrets. I think eight is a much, much better number for secret rares because, yeah. so do you know why eight is like the magic number for secret rares? No. Okay. You get two secret rares per box. Mm -hmm. How many boxes in a case? Uh, I've, I actually don't know off the top of my head. Is it like six, eight? Well, well. So if you have two secret rares per box, 12 boxes per case. No, I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought you were just going to connect the dots. No. That's 24 secret rares per case. Oh, it's an exact play set of every secret rare per case. So the reason why I said it's a good one because in a uh, binary, eight is, uh, let's see, one, two, is a uh, zero, 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 one. Sure. It's one whole bit is eight. Sure. So in my binary code brain, that just rings nice. Sure. And eight is a good, it's not a squared number, but it's a good cubed number. Uh, regardless, eight to me makes more sense because of the fact that it goes into that 24 number. Yeah, like perfectly. Right. So in theory, which most of the time it doesn't actually work out. You end up getting four of this one, two of yeah. this one. But in theory, across enough cases, a vendor can pretty much guarantee a playset yeah. of every secret rare from the case. 
Now, with the current 10 secret rares per set, mm -mm. it makes it much more difficult because you only end up with around 2.4 secret rares per secret rare per case. Give or take a... So you, you can't... Know. You can almost guarantee... You can guarantee that you will not get a playset of every secret rare in a case, mm -hmm. which makes prices go up. Yes, because that because that means that a vendor has to. Your value distribution is very different at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I mean, part of that, of course, is you know uh, the vendors then have to buy more product in order to get the places that they pre pre sold. Yes, and, and that is a small part of it. Yeah, it, I mean, it plays a role. Because the more product vendors have to buy to fulfill their allocations, then the more that the prices go up, right? Yeah. Part of that is, now, part of the reason why the prices go up because of that, though, is due to there being, because they're buying so much product and they open it themselves, there's less, there's just less product on the market for other people to purchase. Now, the other thing that it would do is you would have less garbage secret rares true because now they have to make them count because they're down two of them yes so a great example is if let's just tcg player Yu-Gi-Oh. wow is amazing defender so close that it's already on tcg player feels like it i mean it is yeah wow okay the last core set was darkwing blast so we just do tcg player market high to low of course you have your starlights and then we get into the secret rares so the, we have tier limits real Kalos. by the way played in a tier zero meta deck uh -huh. tier zero ish it's three and a half dollars i mean don't they only run like one copy of it yeah but the idea yeah how about this google uh Glim spear of the goatee it's a 35 cent card 35 cent secret right and while what's this the most is valuable, what's the most valuable secret in that set? The most valuable secret in the set? Yeah. Probably Bestial Lubellion without can, can knowing. You, can you filter it by a secret? Um, I don't think so. But anyway, it's Bestial Lubellion. They're like 50 bucks. Okay, fair enough. But if vendors could guarantee that they were going to pull a playset out of a case, that number could go down. Yeah, it would probably be closer to 35 or even 40. Yeah. I mean, granted, they sell ultras like Shachi Fender, which is like $65. To be fair, everyone's running Fen Everyone is foaming at the mouth over Fenrir right now. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't love Fenrir as a card. I, I, I think that it has in incidental synergy with certain decks, like yeah. the Vernisulf decks. Yeah, but like not only that, it's people are also... I guess people are also kind of looking at it the as it's just a better Pangertops that searches itself. And I'm like, why would you need mo more than one Pangertops? Pangertops is a good card. Yeah, but but like the biggest- but the thing is, Pangertops is better because it's a quick effect. Yes, but like, and like the trade-off though being that whenever you summon the first Fenrir, it fetches another one. And sure, that's great and all, but you're never going to summon that second one. It just becomes discard fodder at best for something else. That's my. That's always been my thing. The craziest part to me is that Fenrir is the most expensive non-Starlight rare card in the set, and it is, in fact, more expensive than one of the Starlight rares. Which Starlight rare? Uh, Mitsu the Insect Ninja. Oh. They're $60. Uh, uh, 
It's it's. I think it's actually the cheapest Starlight rare that exists currently. Very possibly. Um, you can actually search by Starlight. Yeah. I know at one time, uh, Starlight uh, beat cops were like twenty bucks. Uh, beat cop doesn't have a Starlight. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. No. Collector rare, I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah. I get the two mixed up. It's actually anti-human intelligence messiah, which I ranted and raved about when that card came out. At. It's a I good card. I still say it'll have its place one day. Yeah, it's a good card. It just ha- doesn't have a place. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Floandries and Snell and Time Thief Perpetua and Bahalutia the Grand Radiance are all cheaper. But not by much. Yeah, about like 10 bucks it looks like. It's crazy the anti-human intelligence Messiah Starlights are $45. Again, it's a good car with no place to go. If anybody wants to throw away $135, you have our P.O. Box address. It's in the description (laughs) down below. I would love to get a place out of that car. It's a good investment in my opinion. One day it'll have its place. I don't know where. I don't know when. I have confidence. Like I said, it's a good car. There's nowhere to go. Uh, But yeah, but like moving right along. Okay. We spent too much time on that. Yeah, we did. The next thing that we're going to talk about is the January 2023 Forbidden and Limited list. So, this list will take effect January 10th. And starting from that date, you can obtain a dismantling bonus for the cards whose copies have been reduced. I think you forgot to specify this is for Master Duel. No, I I definitely said it, but... I don't remember you saying it. It doesn't matter. I I, said it again. It's Master Duel. Yeah, this is for Master Duel. So... The changes that we have to the list are as follows. Supreme King Dragon Starving Venom has gone from 3 to 1. Block Dragon has gone from 3 to 1. Supreme King Dragon Dark Worm has gone from 1 to 2. Predaplant Orphis Scorpio has gone from 1 to 2. Spellbook of Judgment from 1 to 2. Divine Wind of Mist Valley from 1 to 2. Sky Striker Ace Kagari from 1 to 2. Pot of Duality from 3 to 2, Aluber Jester of Despia from 3 to 2, Card of Demise from 3 to 2, ABC Dragon Buster from 2 to 3, and Wind Up Carrier Zen Mayday from 2 to 3. What, what about this scares you the most? Because there's a couple cards on here that scare me that they're going to 2. Or to 3. Uh, Pot of Duality? Yeah, Fluandries is a problem. But of all things, they hit Pot of Duality? Yeah, it's actually played in like a number of like degenerate strategies. And it's a slight consistency hit. I mean, Desires is also at two in the TCG. It has been for three but, lists. But it's... My brain cannot wrap around Pot of Duality, though. <laughs> like, none of this is scary because my brain is so hyper-focused in on Pot of Duality to two? Yeah, it's a weird one. I'll be honest. So, the things that scare me about this list... Uh, Black Dragon to one is very good. Uh, Ad Emancipator has been a problem since the game's release. And I'm cool with Black Dragon. Now, I- I'm not sure about Supreme King Dragon Starving Venom or Supreme King Dragon Dark Worm. I... I don't know why those are being moved around on the list. I I don't actually know specifics specifics on why they've been a problem. Two dark pendulum monsters is kind of a weird thing to hit. Yeah, but I I don't know. Maybe pendulum is a problem. I I don't know. 
Spoke Book of Judgment, though. To t one? Okay, sure. To two? That's... Ooh. That's poking at critical mass. Yeah. Especially because I think all the other Spellbook cards are unlimited. They are. They are. Yeah. And so is Jowgan. So, They just yeah. made it easier to just pump out a Jowgan and pass. So, yeah. Um, Sky, Sky Sharker Ace Kagari at two is kind of ooh, stinky, stinky poo poo. Again, because it's critical mass. I mean, what's engage at? Two. Two. Yeah, two Kagari, two engage. That sounds rough. You can either have three Kagari, one engage, or, or you can have one Kagari or one, maybe two engage. Yeah. If you want more than one in one engage, you can only have one in Kagari. Granted, Sky Striker is a rogue strategy in Master Duel. And this is a buff. Maybe that's why. It's because it's a rogue strategy. They don't feel like in Master Duel it'll really matter. I really think you need two Kagari for Sky Strikers to be effective, though. Yeah, with the multiple engages, anyway. Uh, uh, no, I, I think that in the current TCG... Oh. Even right now. I thought we were still talking about Master Duel. Well, I mean... Legit hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Just like in general, the Sky yeah. Striker strategy. I think that with Kagari at one, you could have three engage. And I don't think that the deck is as much of a threat as it is with three Kagari, one engage. Hmm. I think Kagari is one of the most integral pieces of that strategy. Fair enough. So, um, I, ooh, I wind up carries and made it to three. I, and they still allow hunters. No, hunters banned. Oh, hunters banned. Oh, I'm fine with that then. Yeah. You know, I always say that like, Oh, Zen Maiden could come to three, no problem. Hunter's Bane. But now that you're seeing it in Master Duel, you're like, I was yeah. joking about that. Uh, well, it's, it's not that I was joking. It's that wind-up carrier Zen Maiden is one heck of a card. Yeah. I, I mean... I mean, it, may, it means the wind-up loop is live, but it doesn't hand-loop you. So, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. We had a post recently on our Twitter account. And I asked, what are some of the most devastating two-card combos in Yu-Gi-Oh's history? Yeah, I, rem I remember you posting that. I don't remember any of the responses. One of the most common and liked responses, Magician Shark. Yeah. People still fear Magician Shark, just like people still feared 
what Rescue Rabbit Tour Guide was well, was doing. To be fair, anytime I hear a magician shark, my immediate response was has always been, "Oh God, my hand." Yeah. Or okay, let's go to game two. Yeah, but it, let's go to game two because I don't feel like having my hand ripped. Well, it was actually strategic to go to game two there. Well, yeah, because then yeah, because then you have more time to try and make it clap back. Well, not just that, but it gave your opponent less information. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, but like I said, like again though, it was oh no, right, oh no, magician shark, there goes my hand. Right. But yeah, they, I, there's no hunter, so. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. It, it's an engine that goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. Where it can go, maybe a Fornigate Appaloosa. Oh, it can go way farther than a Fornigate oh, Appaloosa definitely. because it can start using a Skull Dread loop. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm using a Sarayuja as as material for another Sarayuja. Well, yeah, so you can... That part always baffles me about Link Monsters is using a Link Monster as material to make another copy of itself. So the thing you have to remember is because of... So... Let me look up Sarayuja. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, because he, like, draws draws two discards one i think no i cannot believe i spelled saryuja right on the first try i know right oh um, yeah like i actually utilized it in one of my decks before because i didn't have any because it was cheap and i didn't have anything better um it was three thousand attack yeah it was three thousand attack link four um, or twenty hundred uh yeah. so it says when it's link summoned you can draw four cards and place three cards from the hand on the bottom of your deck but that was for what four materials yes yeah just allowing you to filter through your deck though yeah yeah it's powerful right and in theory you can play like things like pot of avarice to keep your loop going yeah now now like another key thing about that though is a lot of the decks that like whenever i was running sarah Yuja, i was running a deck that could not make it with four materials yeah so wind up so could easily can easily do it so yeah, wind up is, yeah. On top of the format, yeah. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if a good enough wind up player with the right build could probably make a Saryu just Gold Dread for four, and use its effect, keep going, and then make using that first Saryu just Gold Dread as one of the materials, make a second one. So I just made an interesting, an, an interesting discovery on the Yu-Gi-Oh database page. What's that? They added a new link to the card page. Oh, what link? Uh, FAQs related to this card. Mm-hmm. That sounds an awful lot like a ru official rulings page to me. To Sarah, you just skull dread? Yeah, but or if you click on it, it brings you to a dead link. Intri or it's... Hold on, let me, let me take a look at the URL. It's not a dead link, but it just reroutes you to the card database. Oh, so it so it's a private link interesting that's fascinating so maybe they'll be giving us like some actual official rulings on some of this crazy stuff I, I mean in theory it looks like it's it looks like it's for every card that, Ooh, getting this live folks okay so i don't know if this means anything probably not i, I, I don't know it if it's i don't know if it's going to be relevant or not i hope it does that'd be cool but it's very interesting that they have an FAQs page per card. Yeah. Anyway. So, 
that's the Master Duel Forbidden Limited list. I think it's probably a fine list. I like what Master Duel is doing, where they're doing a new list like every like five or six weeks. Yeah, and they're kind of cultivating their own separate meta from the TCG and the OCG. Which is fine. I, I do like it. I do agree with MBT though, as I usually do, because honestly, I believe that he's right on most things. My brain auto-filled that information with because you're a shell. I mean, also, <laughs> yes. But I enjoy his content, and I believe that he's right on a lot of things, such as the Master Duel meta is extremely unsolved. Mm-hmm. I think wind-ups are actually a pretty good deck. And nobody's playing them because they weren't good in they or they aren't they haven't been good in the TCG in the last like year or two. Yeah. So yeah, so people are like, why bother? <clears throat> it's kind of crazy to me how much people just like like everybody says, like, oh yeah, Sword Soul's the best deck. Why? Is it though? Why is it the best deck? They have a completely different ban list on Master Duel, so the meta is gonna be completely different. The Sword Soul is the best deck in Master Duel because it was good in the TCG and people say it's the best deck. Yeah. But is that I, really true though? Exactly. I don't know, man. Master Duel to me seems very unsolved. That's just me though. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about some new cards. We Ooh. have gotten some new cards. We talked about these earlier. Let's go ahead and actually talk about them though. Heck yeah. So the first card is Amazement Dominator Arlecchino. Local Italian amusement park owner goes spanking mode. Ooh, I don't know about <laughs> this. So this is a Psychic Effect Light Level 7, 2600 Attack, 2200 Defense Point Monster. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, if you control an Amazement Monster, you can special summon this card from your hand. Then you can add one Amazement Family Faces from your deck to or graveyard to your hand. Two, during your opponent's turn, Quick Effect, you can target one other effect monster on the field. Shuffle this card into the deck, and if you do, special summon one Amazement Administrator, Arlecchino, from your deck, then change the targeted monster's attack to zero. I mean, that's fairly solid, actually, but not anything, like, spectacular. Yeah, it's probably got something to do with the way you can do chain links with your trap cards. Yeah, it's gotta be. So, but I, I don't know enough about the Amazement archetype to be able to sit here and tell you whether or not it's good. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have the Numerellias. All right. Yep. Yeah, uh, let's see. I'll start with this one. We have uh, Dreaming Numerellia, a level one light fairy special summon effect monster. She's a pendulum, zero attack, 1500 defense, pendulum scale of eight, pendulum effect. One, once per turn, you can place a Numerellia continuous spell card from your deck or graveyard face up on your field. And if you do... Add this card to your extra deck face up. You cannot special summon Dreaming Numeralia the turn you activate this effect. Monster effect. Cannot be normal summoned or set. Must be special summoned from your face up extra deck by having no cards in your extra deck other than Dreaming Numeralia. Oh. You can only special summon Dreaming Numeralia once per turn this way. One, if this card is special summoned, you can banish up to one card your opponent controls and or in their graveyard face down for every three of your face down banished cards. Then shuffle your face down banished cards into the deck equal to the number of cards banished by this effect. Wait, hold on. That was a lot of um, words. Uh, okay. What? Whenever she gets special summoned, you count the number of ba face down banished cards you have. Okay. Banish that many of your opponent's monsters up to that number. Sure. And then however many you banish, you shuffle that many of your face down banished cards back into your deck. So if you have five and your opponent has three cards, you banish those three and shuffle back three. Interesting. 
So, and you also can't have an extra deck with this deck, apparently. That's interesting. It is. Wait until you read the rest of the cards. Cause I've already read these. Okay. Next we have Numerelia's Dream Defender O'Reilly. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. It, it's a kind of pillow. Auto parts. Yeah. Ow. But, a, but a, a, an, an O'Reilly, <laughs> I think is how you pronounce it, actually, is a French pillow. O'Reilly. 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 Uh, I don't speak French. All I know is I buy all my parts from O'Reilly's, and yeah. that's how they spell it. So that's what I'm going with. Uh, level 10 Light Beast Effect Monster, 2,500 attack, 2,000 defense. You can only special summon with the first effect of this card's name once per turn. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. One, if you have a face-up Pendulum Monster in your extra deck, you can special summon this card from your hand. Two, if you have a face-up Dreaming Numerilia in your extra deck, quick effect, you can banish one face-down card from your extra deck face down. This card gains 500 attack for each monster your opponent currently controls until the end of this turn. Oh! Okay. So you can use this to banish cards out of your extra deck. Yep. Okay. But you can also use stuff like a pot of uh, extravagance and pot of desire, pot of desire to do that. Oh. Too. Not desires. Pot of prosperity to also banish them face down. That makes sense. That makes and sense. And then use her effect to put them back. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Numerelia's Dream Defender Couette. Uh, it is a French duvet, a soft quilt. Duvet. Duvet, thank you. Soft quilt filled with down feathers or a synthetic fiber used instead of an upper sheet and blankets. We have a duvet. They're amazing. Uh, level 10 light beast effect monster, 2000 attack, 2500 defense. So the inverse. You can only special summon the f with the first effect of this card's name once per turn. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. One, if you have a face up pinch monster in your extra, you can special on this card from your hand. Two, when your opponent activates a card effect that targets a Numeralia card or cards you control, and you have face-up Dreaming Numeralia in your extra deck, quick effect, banish a face-down card from your extra deck, banish a face-down card from your extra deck face-down, negate. Okay, alright. Next we have the Sleeping Beauty Tower of Numeralia. Continuous spell card. You can only use the first effect of this card's name once per turn. One, you can banish two face-down cards from your extra deck face-down. Add two level 10 beast monsters with different names from your deck to your hand. Oh, so you just go search the big guys. Okay. Yep. You cannot special summon monsters from the extra deck the turn you activate this effect, except pendulum monsters. Two, if a Numerilia monster or monsters you control would be destroyed by battle or an opponent's card effect, and you have a face-up dreaming Numerilia in your extra deck, you can banish one face-down card from your extra deck face-down instead. Interesting. One second. I'm looking up level 10 beasts. Oh, true. Because you can just add any two level 10 beast monsters. Yeah, with different names. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go, could you go look on the database while I read this next card and just type in level 10 beasts? Sure. Right, now I'm curious what other things it can you can pull out with that. Uh, I, I will go, but I'm going to Dueling Book because it's easier. Fair enough. Uh, fun fact, it's a uh, its Japanese aim is a play on Mirage. Uh, next card is Sweet Dreams Numeralia, a normal spell card. Can only activate one card of this card's name per turn. One, add a num add one Numerelia monster from your deck to your hand. Then if you have a face-up Dreaming Numerelia in your extra deck, your opponent cannot activate cards or effects with Numerelia monsters are normal summoned or special summoned for the rest of this turn. <laughs> What's up? Andro Sphinx, Sphinx Telila, Thena and the Great Sphinx, which is the funny ones. And then Earthbound Immortal, uh, Kusiyu, Fenrir the Nordic Wolf. My Myo Senju Dieback and Myo Senju Hitop. 
Huh. But just being able to search the Sphinxes is very funny to me. Yeah, it is. Uh, two, this, you can People place playing the Sphinx decks rejoice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I can search out uh, Theme of the Great Sphinx and Sphinx Delilah in one card. And Andro Sphinx. Yeah. Uh, two, you can place this card from your graveyard on the bottom to the bottom of the deck, then target a Dreaming and Morally Control, add it to your Edge Deck face up. So, this deck has a whole lot of mechanics as lore. Basically. Okay. Basically, Numerelia goes to sleep. Her bed is your extra deck. Okay. And then you're thinning out the extra deck. And when you the extra deck is all thinned out, she, she wakes, wakes up because her bed is gone. I was trying to piece it together in and my then head. And then, and then resets up her bed to go back to sleep again. Okay. And then the two dogs are stuffed animals defending her from nightmares. Oh, okay. I thought they were just like dreams that she was having. So this is interesting. Yeah, I I think mechanically it's really cool. I don't think it's actually good, but it's really cool. It is very funny, and this is something that I would definitely take to like like a rogue or like casual tournament. Yeah, yeah, where it's like yeah, it's just some friends messing around at a card shop. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. All right, next we have the World of Boundless Consciousness. So this is a new trap card. Okay. So normal trap card. One, if Vicious Astrid is on the field, target one card on the field, destroy it. Then if the original name of the card destroyed was Vicious Astrid, you can special summon one of your banished Visa Starfrost. Otherwise, you can increase the level of one Vicious Astrid you control by 1500 attack. Uh, note this card references. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce. No, 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 no. You like doing the etymology of all of these cards. Here we go. Vinikayatana, the concept of balanced consciousness as one of the states of meditation in Buddhism. Say that again, but slower, so I know that you didn't just say something just to say it. Vinikayatana. Vinikayatana. Yeah, I guess that is right, but so. So it actually looks like it's actually the card art kind of looks like uh, Visa Starfrost, like all the different forms of Visa Starfrost have all just kind of collapsed in on each other and it's shattered. Yeah, it looks like his consciousness is shattering. Yeah, maybe this is him splitting into the different forms. Maybe this is all the forms forcing themselves back together again. Who knows? I really don't like it when they put this much lore into one like, like they put like six like like the whole Albaz lore thing. I just don't care. Oh, I do. I, I like it personally. Yeah, and and it's like the um the Sky Striker lore, the World Chalice. I I just cannot bring myself yeah. to care about any of it. I like it so. And like like I think it's very cool that people like it, and I think it's very cool that they do it. I, is it weird though that I just can't bring myself to like yes. really care that much about it? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Next, okay. we have Bestial Dispater. This one's yours. Yes. Uh, so it the kanji reads Divine Beast of the Abyss Dispater. Level 10 Dark Dragon Synchro Monster. 3,500 attack, 3,500 defense materials, a tuner, and one or more non-tuner dragon monsters. Okay. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, you can target a Banished Light or Dark Monster. Splash Summon to your field. That makes sense with the Bestials all needing you to banish a light or dark monster to special summon themselves. Two, when your opponent activates a monster effect, quick effect, 
you can target a banished card, shuffle it to the deck, then if there were if you were that card's owner, destroy the monster. If your opponent was, negate the effect. Interesting. So let's say your opponent normal summons something. Like let's say your opponent's playing an archetype where they normal summon search special because they control that first one. Right. You can if you have this guy on board, you can then go, okay, cool, I'll banish, I'll uh, shuffle back when you're banished, negate, or shuffle back one of my banished, pop it. Right, right. That's an interest that's a very, very interesting card. Note, Dispater is another name for Pluto, the Roman god of the underworld, with dis associated with the aspects of fertile land and mineral wealth, which ultimately got him associated with Pluto and Orcus. Orcus? Orcus, yes. What is Orcus? Uh it's another god. Thanks. That's okay. real helpful. Okay, so in this context, I'm not entirely sure because the Orcus I'm familiar with is the god of uh, is the god of, of uh, undeath from uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Orcus it was a god of the underworld and punisher of broken oaths okay. in Etruscan and Roman mythology. Ah, oh, fair enough. Uh, these are all, of course, ultimately the Roman equivalent of the Greek god Hades, Lord of the Underworld, God of the Dead. How you doing? Oh, it's funny as the dead and all precious jewels and metals. His name means wealthy father or divine father. So Orcus was a god of the underworld, Punisher broken mm-hmm. oaths in Etruscan and Roman mythology. As with Hades, the name of the god was also used for the underworld itself. In the later tradition, he was also conflated with Dispater. Interesting. Uh, according to this, Dispater, otherwise known as Rex Infernus or Pluto, is a Roman and god of the underworld. So I guess yeah. it's slightly different. Well, because Pluto is was the Roman renaming of uh, Hades. Right. Yeah. Because, fun fact, the Romans were bad at coming up with gods. So they just went, hey, the Greeks had cool gods. Let's just, like, make them Roman. Or... The gods themselves moved with the Western culture and adopted a Roman visage. They didn't change how they looked at all. They changed the names. <laughs> they changed their outfits slightly. That's how they look. Yeah. they, they it, And they ever so slightly changed what they were actually the god of. It really depends on the individuals that you're talking about, though. <clears throat> In that, in the changing, uh, what what their um. Listen, I've been listening to a are. lot of Percy Jackson and the Olympians lately. Oh my god, they changed so much for Percy Jackson. Yeah, okay, yes, yeah, so, but so a, However, but a lot of the stories yeah. and a lot of the myths are very incomplete. Yeah. So to make a full universe out of it, you kind of have to take a little oh, yeah. bit of. Oh yeah, and like change some things that way. Everything, freedom. yeah, it's so like everything fits together. Um, that kind of. I finished the entire original series last week. And I started on the second series in the universe this week. I will say this about Percy Jackson, though. The way the guy did it, all the changes. Um, I think that he they were all in all of the changes he had made were all incredibly well thought out. I would agree with that. Um, like he put in a lot of work. And I don't think you're going to upset any ancient Greeks by saying it was. Oh, no. Like bad. Hellenism is still a thing. What? Hellenism is still a thing, dude. People still worship like Zeus and stuff to this day. I guess. I, I guess. Yes, I shouldn't be surprised. they were kind of upset over Percy Jackson. He wrote a letter 
apologizing about it. What? Because he didn't know that they no still... No way! Because yeah. he didn't know they still existed. No way. No way. No way. That's... That's that's crazy. I, that's actually insane to me. Again, because he didn't know they still the hell that Hellenism was still a religion. I bet none of you knew Hellenism was still a religion. Wow. Rick Reardon on Twitter. Interesting article. When I began Percy Jackson, I was woefully ignorant of modern Hellenism and made some dismissive comments about the idea of worshiping ancient Greek gods today. Comments I'm sorry for now. Be spiritual however you choose. I'll be danged. Yep. That's... You learn something new every day. Wow. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> you really do. Hellenism, by the way, is the name of the religion where you worship like Zeus and... Poseidon and all that. I, I I didn't know that either. Named for Helen of Troy. Interesting. Considering um I mean Was Helen Roman though? Uh, I mean, okay, okay. She was Trojan. But like No Was that more in Greek times or Roman yeah, that times? That was Greek. Uh, it was at the very end of Greek times. Very be like right before the Romans. Uh no this no this so was... so somebody fled the Roman somebody fled the Trojan War after after Troy after Troy fell, Inoculus or something like that, fled Troy, landed on the Iberian Peninsula and founded Rome. Yes, how that's the that that was like one of the stories on how Rome was founded. Right, because the legend of Troy is in and of itself a story. Not necessarily. Yeah, that is over true. the vast majority of it. Yes. But Troy as an actual city. Yeah. was in fact sacked. And destroyed. we think they haven't really found all of it yet, but yeah, we found pieces. We found pottery. Yeah. Referencing Troy as just a city. I, if I'm not mistaken, they have they found the location where like Troy in theory should be. I watched a YouTube video about yeah. this recently. Some guy that was like very gung ho about finding the lost city of Troy went to this one spot where it was supposed to be, and then dug through like four other ancient cities trying to get to where he thought Troy should be, and yep. like destroyed all these artifacts. He was like, oh, "That's not Troy. Yeah, who cares?" Yeah, and like granted this was like a hundred years ago and like archaeology as we know it today didn't really exist but still yeah interesting um, just it, it was like a hilltop yeah. where troy was supposedly used to sit and he dug like 80 feet into the ground oh yeah through four other cities that were destroyed on that location by yeah. the way because troy, troy was like it was like there was like eight layers and troy was supposed to be like the the fourth or fifth layer yeah. from the top so it, it was just it's a wild video if i if i can find it we'll put it in the description or yeah. something but listen greek and roman history is interesting to say to particularly yeah particularly like some of their religious tales and their myths are also kind of fascinating one of the most interesting parts to me is how all the gods are 
very human. Yeah. Very fallible. Very, like, there's plenty of stories of Aphrodite. Like, um, one random dude I'm in nowhere saying, hey, my girlfriend's really hot. I think she might be as hot as Aphrodite. Infuriated Aphrodite to no end. And that's how we got the Gorgon. More or less. Because <laughs> she got mad. So, we do have a couple of mailbag questions. All right, let's go for it. Do you think Konami will ever errata older traps for archetypes into spells or quick play traps? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that they would go so far as to change the actual what card, what what kind of card it is. No. They would change individual text, but they're well, not going to go full Pokemon. Well, no. I I could see them turning no. like hold on. I could see them turning like Fiendish Chain into like maybe Hellish Chain into quick play spell. But that's not an errata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a revamp. Yeah, that's a retrain. But no, they, yeah. they, they would never, like, just trip errata a card like that. Hey, how far have you gotten in One Piece, by the way? Uh, We're still in... Oh, we haven't watched it in a while. We're still in the middle of... Uh, Dressrosa. Dressrosa. Okay. Next question. Can Sunny go an entire episode without referencing a certain anime involving pirates with a stretchy main character? He no. almost He almost did. No, I, I can't. He almost did, though. One Piece is Bay, And if Mana Moon makes that One Piece deck box, I need it. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we've established that and gotten that out of the way, we want to thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to ask your mailbag questions, be sure to join our Discord server. There's a link in the description down below. And, of course, like I said before, if you want to support us through di various different ways, we have affiliate links down below. We have... Uh, uh, what's that word for things people that support us but not on Patreon on like uh, like uh, when a company supports us sponsors, sponsors. we have sponsors <laughs> so <laughs> I forgot the word if you are interested in any of our sponsors check out their links down below and like I said our Patreon where you can get an extra episode every week and of course thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast so until next week either Tuesday or Friday we're not really sure which yet but at some point next week have a great week, everybody. Take care, everybody. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.